Hi, I'm Pastor Bo Singh from Faith Presbyterian Church. I'm here with my wife, Melissa, to talk about today's message, which is called Men in Marriage. So we're going to be talking about the role of men inside of marriage. I think this is going to be a great message because um, our culture confuses us um, a lot of times with marriage. And I think, um, yeah, it's just so helpful today these, in these next two weeks that Bill will be talking about marriage. All right. So without further ado, we're going to give to you our message today. Men in marriage. Now, the trend in the world today is that it tends to think that men and women are basically exactly the same. They are meant for the same roles or supposed to perform the same tasks. But to be clear, I believe that God created men and women to have complementary roles inside of relationships. Next week, we are going to focus on women in marriage, but today we are going to look at scripture focus on men's role. So what are, what are the duties of men in marriage? Well, in Genesis, a man is responsible for establishing the family. He is the one in pursuit of a wife. He is the one responsible for the decisions in his family. He is the provider and the protector of his wife and his kids. I'll be the first to tell you that Husbands have many imperfections. And that's a nice way to put it. It's easier to say that men have many flaws. Nonetheless, we still have to seek after God's design for marriage. Ephesians 5, 25-27 reads, Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her, so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word that he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. Now, without inserting my own opinions, the Bible tells us clearly that the husband's role is to love his wife as Christ loved the church. Now, people sometimes have their own opinions about what their husbands should be doing. Take this lady I know. She said that she wanted to marry four different men in her lifetime. Each one would help her with the four things she needed most. The first one would be a banker. The second, a movie star. The third would be a clergyman. And the fourth, a funeral director. I had to ask her, why? Her answer was, well, one for the money, two for the show, three to get ready, and four to go. There are two aspects of men loving their wives that I want to focus on. The first one is sacrifice. In Ephesians 5.25, the apostle Paul wrote, Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. A sacrifice is supposed to be something costly, but it is supposed to be reasonable as well. For instance, in the old law, the finest animal sacrifices were supposed to be presented to God. These were valuable. What was not permitted as an acceptable sacrifice were humans who were of way more value than an animal sacrifice. Sacrificing something greater is not 
always a better sacrifice. What could it look like for men to sacrifice for their wife and for their families? Well, providing for their family, being the protector, spending time with his wife, giving his time to nourish his family's spiritual needs. These are all sacrifices. And you might not be thinking about these things as sacrifices right off the top of your head, but men would rather focus on their own needs. They'd rather focus on themselves. And so for them to take time out of their day, out of their lives, to perform these simple tasks, these simple duties that they have, they're, that they're called upon by God to do, is a sacrifice for them to make. And having just celebrated Veterans Day, most of us understand this concept of sacrificing for the ones you love and even for people you might not even know yet. Marriage is like that. We offer our lives for greater purposes than just ourselves. I oftentimes wonder why it is that so many people that I grew up with, particularly boys, fell away from faith later on in their lives. The truth was that for many of them, when I got to know them later on in their lives, their fathers were spiritually absent. They didn't go to church, they didn't read their Bibles, or talk to their children about God. As a result, their sons did not maintain the faith when they became men. Men must be examples. Now, let's talk about forgiveness. Jesus told the Pharisees, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. And what he was doing, he was explaining that they could give all the sacrifices they want, all the most perfect sacrifices that they want. But if they do not practice the way of God in their own lives, all of their sacrifices are meaningless. This also applies to men. You can make all of the sacrifices that you want, even the most perfect of sacrifices. But if you're not practicing the ways of God in your life, all of your sacrifices are meaningless. Sacrifice is a sign of love. Forgiveness holds love together. Let me give you an example. Eve was the first to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And after that, that brought the curse of sin and death into the world, and God banished Adam and Eve from the Garden of Eden. And Adam did something really remarkable after this happened. He named his wife Eve. In Genesis 3.20, it says, The man named his wife Eve because she was the mother of all the living. How is that a wonderful name? Why would Adam give Eve such a name? Well, he forgave her. He sanctified her. He gave her honor and not disgrace. And that's because he loved Eve. In fact, it was immediately following one of the most tragic occurrences in all of history. And it was right after that that they conceived their first child. God used what was evil and used it for good. The whole point of marriage is to glorify God by revealing his nature. 
the greatest example of God's love was when he gave his son, Jesus, on the cross. Yes, it was a sacrifice, but it was a sacrifice that would bring forgiveness. Now, many people misunderstand the cross of Christ. They misunderstand the free gift that is offered to them. People often think a relationship with Jesus means smooth sailing from here on out, that all the problems, all the troubles of life are behind you and things are just going to be easy for now on. He'll bail you out every time trouble comes your way. That's not the case with Christ, and that is not the case with marriage. Marriage is a wonderful thing. It's a happy thing. It's a joyous thing. But it's not always happy. Forgiveness is the key to keep the happiness going. It is Forgiveness is the number one mark of a Christian. And it will hold love together. Men and women need to be forgiving of their spouses because their intentions can oftentimes be misperceived. For instance, in her book, For Women Only, Shanti Feldhahn interviewed thousands of men of various backgrounds. One of the questions she asked the men was, what is the one thing you wish your wife or significant other knew, but you feel you can't explain to her? You know what the top response was? It was how much I love her. The reality is that we, men, don't always do a great job expressing our love. We often do in a way that is comfortable for us, but not desirable for her. That's just one more reason why forgiveness needs to be a priority inside of our marriages. God's purpose for men is to lead with stability, strength, and spiritual maturity. And God is the one who empowers us to fulfill this call in our families. But we have to start by going back to God's word. I thank you for joining me for today's message, Men in Marriage. Again, my name is Pastor Bill Sang from Faith Presbyterian Church. I'd like to invite you to join us on Sunday mornings with us at 1030 in the morning. And also, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Thank you so much.